Welcome to Spring Ridge Church Podcast. We hope that you will be blessed by the podcast today. If you would like to find out more information about our church, our website's www.springridgechurch.com. You can send an email to me, the pastor, Scott Phillips, at pastor at springridgechurch.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Prayer requests, questions, desire for a Bible study, or you would like some information how to attend our church or another church of like precious faith. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. Hello. As a pastor, I get all kinds of questions. And one of the common questions I get is what is different between what I believe and what you believe? And what they believe is all sorts of things. And of course, what I believe is in all sorts of things as well. And so the purpose of this video and many videos that will follow is to answer the question and on this series of videos, which there will be multiples, I intend to explain what Calvinism is and uh, or Reformed theology, Reformed uh, the Reformed mentality towards Christianity. And so it is in that context I answer the question, what is Calvinism? Now I will say I'm not a Calvinist, but some of my best friends are. Some of the most wonderful, nice people I've ever met in this world would identify themselves as Calvinists or believers in Reformed theology. So this may be offensive. It, it may uh, uh, come across a little harsh, but that's not my intent. It's possible, thankfully, in America, we can disagree without burning each other at the stake. And so uh, it is in that, that spirit of charity, but at the same time, I seek to speak the truth in love and uh, highlight, I guess you could say, the reason why I am not a Calvinist or a follower of Reformed theology. Christianity is shattered in a world of distinct and different beliefs. Under the flag of Christianity, there are hundreds of subdomains of identification. After the Council of Nicaea, Christianity, for the most part, was the Catholic Church. Up until 1054, the time of the Great Schism, which gave us the Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church, there were two branches of recognized uh, Christianity in the world. And I would say it's not that there weren't other beliefs and other branches, but the Catholic Church was really good at killing and uh, silencing, imprisoning, and persecuting everyone that broke with the company line. And uh, that was their method and modus operandi to anyone that would cross church doctrine, cross church authority. Uh, they did everything from burn them at the stake, drown them. Uh, all kinds of unspeakable inhumanity was done in the effort to maintain the power, the authority, and the influence of what was the Catholic Church. And so this was the this was the case from Nicaea until about 1054, the Eastern Orthodox uh, broke off from Catholicism. The, why did they break off? They broke off because the, 
the Eastern Church rejected the absolute authority of the Pope to rule and reign over their part of the world because uh, up up until that point and, and significantly into the Middle Ages, the Catholic Church ruled and reigned over kings and kingdoms. What they decided, specifically the Pope decided, uh, was the center of conflict and war, death and destruction, uh, all revolved around the, the doctrines, the dictates, the, the authority of the Pope and the Catholic Church. Until 1517, uh, there was a man who was a Catholic priest who went to the doors of the Castle Church in Wittenberg and nailed his 95 Theses, Martin Luther, began at that moment the most significant event of the Reformation. And, and what sparked this, uh, this crisis of conscience and this uh, bold move of rebellion from the Catholic Church was a, a doctrine uh, of, of fundraising. The Catholic Church was building the, the beautiful, amazing, unbelievably expensive uh, a church in Rome. You see it every time the Pope comes out and addresses the crowd in Rome. That was built on the backs of honest-hearted, well, I don't even know if I'd say honest-hearted, people who believed they were told by the Catholic Church you can buy a, a permission slip or an indulgence uh, for a price of money and that would give you permission to do something and remission for something you've done. And so the Catholic priests would go from town to town, from country to country, and they would uh, essentially sell salvation for coins and uh, dollars, not dollars, but whatever the the form of currency there was. <clears throat> so this, among other things, uh, motivated uh, Luther to step out and declare this is a crime against Christianity, if you will. And uh, it caused a great crisis and a great conflict. And the Pope, uh, what was his name? Uh, Pope, uh, Pope Leo X uh, sent out a, a warrant of sorts, a warning, a papal bull, and said, if you must renounce and uh, 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 you've you got to denounce what you said. 41 of the 95 theses, you have to disavow or I will excommunicate you. You will no longer be able to be saved. You will be damned to hell. If you're excommunicated from the Catholic Church, there is no hope because the Catholic Church believes, teaches that the method of salvation is to be a Catholic. If you're not a Catholic, you can't be saved. Or at least it was that way then. I, I, you know, the current Pope, I'm not sure if he thinks anybody's going to hell. But be that as it may, uh, uh, Luther took that papal bull, the warrant for arrest, the demand for de uh, denouncing his thesis, and he burned it. <laughs> And you may say, well, I thought you were going to talk about Calvinism. Well, it is in the, 
the environment of this uh, uh, reality that that gave us Calvinism, the the, the concept of the Reformation. There was a, a a sincere cry from priests and various people who uh, determined that. Uh, that this has got to stop. We, and so Luther rejected the authority of the Pope. He rejected the authority of the established church. And the, 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 the significant uh, break happened. And you had Lutherans and Catholics. And, and Luther, uh, in his rejection of the Catholic Church and the rejection of the Pope, it created all kinds of, of, of awakenings. They began to realize, you know what? We probably shouldn't pray to Mary. We shouldn't pray to idols. We shouldn't uh, pray the rosary. And there was so, so much liberty that was experienced because of the shackles of Catholic tradition. The shackles of historical Christianity fell off of them and they were free to worship the Lord in a greater measure of biblical truth. But the error that was made in Luther and and the preceding uh, reformers is they sought to just uh, reform Christianity. I don't know that it even occurred to them that rather than trying to reform something that is 1,500 years removed from the original why don't we just go back to the original? Uh, that seems to not be something they considered, but they did begin to reject some things that were obviously on their face, not biblical. And so Luther uh, did this, this amazing thing and, and, and created a groundswell against the authority of the Catholic Church. And Calvinism came about in the time after Luther that, that, that the world began to see the Catholic Church for the evil that it had become. But another significant force within the Reformation was the printing press. It, it, the, the, the Gutenberg Press was developed in the 1400s. So, so about 50, 60 years before Luther, there was introduced into the mainstream of, of, of the population a growing number of people that had a greater knowledge of what the Bible actually said. And it became illegal to own a Bible. If you weren't a part of the Catholic Church, it was illegal to own a church. And the Catholic Church went on a crusade against anyone that would try to translate the Scripture into a language of a different uh, communities uh, to the point of, of, of burning at the stake and killing and, and putting out death warrants for those that were involved in the printing and the translating and the dissemination of the Word of God. And, and the question could be asked, why would they do this? Because the, the Catholic Church realized that if you read the Bible, you see the erroneous nature of historical Christianity, Catholic Christianity in particular, it is in such dire contradiction to what the Bible stated. And so it is in this reality that, that the, the, the people began to 
know someone that had a Bible, know someone that knew someone that knew someone that had the Bible. And so it wasn't just the priest telling people what the Bible said. You had other people who read the Bible for themselves and they began to reject the authority, the interpretation, and, and, and the outright falsity and, and uh, uh, false doctrines that they could see in the book for themselves. This is, in fact, in error. And I believe that the, the printing press played no small part in what became Luther's movement in Luther's break from Catholicism. And it is in this light, in this environment, where we find John Calvin. And so, as an introduction, I just want to present to you that the Reformation was a wonderful thing. And and no doubt that the, the, the rebelling against Catholic thought, Catholic doctrine, Catholic authority, Catholic excess, Catholic immorality. Uh, I'm not speaking of the, the 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 people that are Catholics. I'm talking about the the institution, the 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 deep state, if you will, of the Catholic Church. You see this today. Even today, there are devout Catholics that are in absolute revulsion and rejection of what's happening in the modern day Catholic Church. And you see groups of people that they love and they respect their Catholic faith, but they see that the Vatican and the Pope and the Cardinals and the priests in many times are in direct rebellion against what the Bible says. Now, for many of them, they see them as in rebellion to Catholic tradition. And so they have real big problems because priests and popes and cardinals aren't following the tradition because they keep changing. And that's the nature of Catholicism, the nature of uh, historical Christianity is there has been a constant changing over time what was originally preached, originally taught, originally done by the apostles. And so the biggest difference between my personal conviction and the doctrines I believe are the things that are in the original text of the scripture. I reject the authority of historical Christianity because the conundrum of those who hallow historical Christianity is they have to recognize they you, you, you're picking and choosing which parts you agree with and you find yourself as a modern day Catholic. You have to choose, do you believe in Catholicism? Which part? Which confession? Which, which one? And so it's, it's a never-devolving controversy. And so the Reformation no doubt brought about the multitudinous multiplicity of different denominations, but I would propose to you that what the Reformers should have done is what we should do today. We should reject out of hand the, the outflow of tradition because tradition is the means where doctrines and truth are changed, denounced, deducted, and uh, they are uh, diminished. I I'll give you an example. I'm going to give you two examples, real short. I took a Hebrew class at a local synagogue. 
And everyone in that class with me and a friend and maybe another exception, they were all Jews. So we were sitting there with the Jews learning elementary Hebrew, what the letters look like, how you pronounce them, what they mean, and how you could build a word and potentially a sentence. So we went for a number of months. We had a handbook. And the teacher was a Jewish lady. And one day, a discussion came up to, about what a rabbi was teaching, and specifically about Abraham and Isaac. Well, I've read the Bible, right? Well, this Jewish lady is telling me what the rabbi had said to them about Abraham and Isaac and what the rabbi had said. I've read the Bible. That's not in the Bible. And so I just asked them, I said, you know, have you ever read the story of Abraham and Isaac? And the lady kind of looked at me like with a blank stare, like, what do you mean? I mean, have you literally read what the Bible says about Abraham and Isaac and what happened at this event? And she kind of got this grin and she said, well, I'll be honest. I have never read the Bible. He said, she said, I've heard someone read it to me, but I've never read the Bible. And she said this, I know we call ourselves people of the book, but honestly, most of us have never read it. Now here's a person that identifies with an ancient religion, identifies with the faith of ancient Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They are racially, culturally products of the faith of Abraham. And they hallow the Torah. They, they hallow the scrolls. It's a religious uh, event to take the scrolls out of the box on the wall. They have all kinds of tradition, but they do not know what the Bible actually says. And much of what they're told is in the Bible is in fact in direct contradiction to what the Bible says. Another thing that happened, I, I was uh, uh, driving down the road with a, uh, a senior student at a Reformed Theology Seminary here in the area where I live. And he asked me the question, what's the difference between what you believe and we believe? And I said to him, I said, I said there's two distinct differences. How you answer the question, what do I need to do to be saved? And the fact that you are taught to hallow and believe historical Christianity of your brand, of your denomination, as equal to and maybe even higher than what the Bible says. And he says, oh man, you, you, he said, I can't believe you're saying this. He said, I have said to my friends this week, why can we not just study the Bible instead of reading all these other books? And he said to me, we hardly spend any time actually reading and discussing the text of Scripture. We spend our time reading and discussing the text of, of Calvin and others, and we argue about what they said rather than actually reading and studying what the Bible says. And I said to him, exactly. And we believe that that is a distraction, and ultimately people uh, define their faith based upon these historical figures removed almost 15, 16, 1700 years after Jesus Christ and his apostles rather than loving, reading, memorizing, and, and hallowing the declarations of Scripture. And so if you've listened this far, 
whether you are a believer in Calvinism and you just want to say, you know what, this crazy person is going to say about the thing that I believe. I, I say this uh, over the next number of lessons discussing Calvinism. My proposition is let God be true. Let us hallow the word of God above all else. And when there is a point of contention and disagreement between my denomination, your denomination, your tradition, uh, let's let the word of God have the last word, even to the point that we might even, like Luther, nail our own thesis on the door of our own tradition to say, hey, let God be true. So if you have any questions, comments, I encourage you to uh, comment on this video. You can send me an email at the address below. You can visit our church website uh, at the link, and uh, I would love to hear from you. Uh, if you're interested in a Bible study, maybe on different topics, you have questions, send me an email, send us a message on this page on our YouTube ch channel. And uh, if, if this is intriguing to you, if you agree with us or disagree with us, share it. Uh, share the conversation. And let's see, involve others in this conversation. Thank you for your time. God bless you.